Let us pray together. Scripture tells us in Ephesians 5, and it reminds us here today, for you are once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live, meaning walk, as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, meaning walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity and for the privilege and the honor to be here in the house of the Lord to be able to worship you in community, to be able to hear your word in community. I pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all those who receive the word here today, Lord, may it be pleasing in your sight, O oh God. May our hearts become like sponge to soak up your goodness, to soak up your grace, to soak up your mercy, to soak up your unconditional love, so that when our hearts are squeezed, when opposition comes, when hardships come, when our character is revealed, when we are squeezed to the core of who we are, that will ooze out your goodness, the fruit of the Spirit, your love, your grace, and your mercy, O oh God. Speak to us, God, for we are listening. We're in a desperate need of your touch this very morning, God. Today is a day of salvation. So God, we look to you with fresh eyes, and we listen with earnestness, with fresh ears and with a yearning and a desperate heart, with a thirsty heart, with a hungry heart. Lord, we are in desperate need of your word. Speak to us, God, for we are listening. We need you here today. Pray all these things. Pray all these things. We pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and we pray. And God's people pray. Amen. And amen. All right, let's all take our seat at this time. Welcome, everyone, to our Sunday service. As you know, we've been on this Christian maturity series, and we started off with sit, walk, and stand. That was the first week. And then the second week was, which was last week, was sit. And today, our title of today's message is called Walk, 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 walk. 
Now, Christian man and woman of God, listen to me carefully. There has never been such a time in history where we need to more than ever before to urgently and to faithfully walk with the Lord. We need more people who are more than talkers, but who are walkers for the things of God. We are called to do His work. Amen? And that is our main purpose in this life. If you're going to live your life once, walk with the Lord. That is the greatest blessing that you will ever receive and that you will ever accomplish here in this life. No amount of U-Haul truck can take our earthly and worldly accomplishments, our degrees, our friendships, our popularity, our Instagram followers, our social media followers. It doesn't matter. What is the most important thing in life is to walk diligently, diligently, consistently every single day, diligently with all your heart, walk with the Lord. We are living in crazy times. Walk with the Lord. People's hearts are becoming more dark. It's becoming darker and darker, and their hearts are turning away, further away from the Lord. Walk with the Lord. Walk in the Lord. Walk with Him. We're living in crazy times. There's a process called on baptism, and in this article it says, it starts with her. Her name is Vix. But it starts with her during a bath, including flower petals and some other items, and reciting the Lord's Prayer backwards before chanting, I am free 23 times. Once for every year, she was trapped in a conservative Christian cult, according to the overlay text. She then took what she called an anti-communion, Again, anti-communion, replacing the bread or cracker with a slice of apple, possibly referring, referencing the forbidden fruit that Eve ate in defiance of God in the religion's creation story. After a sip of wine, she climbed into the bath and prepared for her release from a previous baptism. I declare all ties Again, I'm just quoting here. To the Christian God and the church to be broken and banished. She said before leaning back and immersing herself in the water, she emerged with a big smile and looked deeply at peace before the video ended. There's a lot of satanic, demonic work that is going on right now as we speak. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. So today's title, Walk. The word walk is mentioned about eight times in the book of Ephesians. Meaning it's very important and we need to pay attention. Meaning the next stage that comes after sitting, which was last week's message, sit. The next phase is walking. So today I want to encourage you, listen to part one, sit, walk, and stand. 
and part two sit. And today, let's get ready to listen and to hear the title, the message called Walk. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, Walk? And say, Walk well. Amen. Walk faithfully, walk diligently, work, walk consistently in the Lord. For the Christian to reverse this order is a grave mistake, meaning we do not walk first and we sit afterwards. It starts with the sitting and then through the overflow from the relationship and the strength and the revelation we receive from Jesus Christ, we walk. To do it backwards is a grave mistake for the Christian man and woman of God. Only when we have rested and seated well, as I mentioned last week in the message, can we move forward to the next phase of walking. That includes with anything in life, with education, with boot camp, learning an instrument, guitar, piano. They don't just throw you into the lines then right away. It's a process. There is a process. So first and foremost, Again, a reminder to you once again, you must first and foremost sit well in Christ as Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. You must sit well. And then you walk strong in the Lord. Only when you sit well in the Lord, you will walk strongly in the Lord. And then after that, which we'll get to next week, our last part of this message, of this series, then we'll be able to stand firm. Today, let's learn what walking in the Lord means. All spiritual victory begins with the sit. And then we continue fighting with the walk. So what comes after sitting? Walking. Let's turn to our neighbor and say, walk strong. Let's go to our main passage here today, Ephesians 4, verse 1 through 2. It says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live. In other translation, it says, walk. I believe ESV says, walk. A life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Ephesians 4, verse 17 says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live, in other words, walk, as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. Ephesians 5, verse 1 to 2, follow God's example. Follow God's example. Follow him. Walk in his example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And lastly, Ephesians 5, verse 8 to 20, it says this. It's the passage I read in the prayer. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live, in other words, walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention 
what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. And amen. Start with our point number one, get up. Get up. Get up, get up, get up. With the prodigal son, let's get to our sub points right away. Letter A, recognize your hopelessness. Letter B, acknowledge your brokenness. In other words, admit them. And letter C, repent in your desperateness. Repent in desperation. Recognize your hopelessness. Acknowledge your brokenness. Repent in your desperateness. In other words, putting it simply, very simply, come as you are. Come just as you are, where you are, where you are right now, broken, lost. Come as you are. And the key here is humility, humility, humility. Luke 15, 11 to 20, the parable of the lost son. There are other parables here of the lost coin and then the lost sheep. And here we're focusing on the lost son, the prodigal son. Verse 11, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. You're very familiar with the story. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off, meaning went away. That phrase, that word, set off, is not good. It means to walk away from the things of God. He went away from his father's domain, from his protection, from his authority. He went away for a distant country and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your higher servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. We all have our testimony, and my testimony, one of the greatest decisions that I made were two things. Number one, getting up, getting up from my brokenness and my hopelessness, 
and coming down from my pride and arrogance. I'll say that one more time. Getting up from my brokenness and hopelessness, running to the Lord, and coming down from my pride and arrogance. What keeps us away from knowing the things of God, His will for our lives, is our pride and arrogance. And it has a lot to do with our unwillingness, our laziness of not admitting that we are in desperate need of his help. Letter A, recognize your hopelessness. B, acknowledge your brokenness. And C, repent in your desperateness, in desperation. In this next story of Luke 19, in Luke 15, we were just told a story of the prodigal son where he got up and went, and the father ran to him, not a walking. And in this passage in Luke 19, Zacchaeus, we see him coming down. He comes down from his pride and from his arrogance. The title says Zacchaeus, the text collector, Luke 19, verse 1 through 6. Zacchaeus is a very short individual. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he's just jumping from the back, just trying to see who is this Jesus. So he ran ahead. He ran ahead and climbed the sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Come down. It means come down from your pride. Come down from your wealth. Come down from your arrogance. Come down immediately, right now. I must stay at your house today. When it says, I must stay at your house today, it is saying, I must save you today, today, right now, immediately. Not tomorrow, not next year when things get better, but right now, for tomorrow is not guaranteed. Right now, come down immediately. I must come to your house today, right now. And what does Zacchaeus do? He responds. He says, he came down at once. In other words, immediately. And welcomed him with what? With joy. He welcomed him gladly, it says. So the result of his faith. Let's skip forward to verse 9 to 10. Same chapter 19. Jesus said to him, today. Because you came down immediately. Today, salvation has come to this house. Because this man, too, is a son of Abraham, meaning we are all part of the faith, the lineage of Abraham, right? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, the lineage of his family. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So again, getting up from my brokenness and hopelessness, and coming down from my pride and arrogance. We all have our testimony. We all have our own ups and downs of how we came to know Christ. And this principle applies to every single individual. 
getting up from my brokenness and hopelessness and coming down from my pride and arrogance. Men and women of God, listen to me very carefully. The key word here is immediately. The key word here is right now, today. Therefore, the result of his immediate response, the result was that today salvation has come. That's what Jesus tells Zacchaeus. The time is now, not tomorrow, not later. Get up and come down now, right now, for life is short. Don't allow youth and your health, your good health right now, trick you into believing that you will live forever. For we are all finite beings. One day we will face our death and we will take our final breath. We cannot take any of our accomplishments with us, any of our medals, our treasures. The U-Haul truck stays here on this earth. The only thing that goes is you, ashes to ashes, to dust to dust. And that is who we are. So again, number one, get up. Recognize your hopelessness. Acknowledge your brokenness. Repent in your desperateness. Lulu, point number two, go. Go, go, go. Let us turn to our neighbor and say, go where? Do this. Go where? <laughs> and go how? How? Go in faith. Wherever you go, wherever Christ calls you, go in faith with courage, with boldness, for this is what we are called to do, to go. Go where? Go where Christ calls you. How? Go confidently, with courage and with boldness. The disciples were called to go. They were called to go. In the passage, Matthew 4, verse 18 to 22, it says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, again, he's walking, there's action there, there's action happening, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, come, follow me. It's an action, it's a decision. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I, I will send you out. I'm going to make you go out to fish for people. No longer are you going to be a fisherman, but you're going to fish for men. You're going to save people. You're going to share the gospel. You're going to go and declare the gospel to the world, to the nations. It says, at once, the Bible is very specific in how he wants us to respond. When God calls you, he doesn't say, he doesn't want you to say, a little bit later in my timing, when he says now, it means now. There is no second thought. You do not get a chance to think about it. Let me get back to you. It is now. And verse 20 is the same thing that we've just read in Luke 19 and Luke 15 with the prodigal son, with Zacchaeus, the tax collector. It says immediately, right away, right away. And we see the same thing here in Matthew 4, verse 20. At once, at once, 
they left their nets and followed him. Verse 21, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and what? Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. Go immediately. Go. 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 With today's title, Walk, means to get up. And number two, we are called to go. The disciples were called to go. They were called with a purpose. Like us, like the disciples, where Jesus calls us. Jesus is calling us for a purpose, for such a time as this. And what is our purpose? And the purpose for us is this. It's very simple. Letter A, B, and C. Letter A is rely on Christ. Letter B, cling to Christ. Letter C, pace for Christ. Rely on Christ. Cling to Christ. Pace for Christ. May we as Christian men and women of God in our going, in our walking, may we rely, cling, and pace. And what do I mean when I say pace? Pacing means you step forward. Even at times you may take five steps forward, even though you take three steps back, at least you're moving forward. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. There are times where you're going to be crawling, where you'll barely have the strength and the will to continue on. For that is life. Life is hard. But you pace forward. You hop if you need. You walk. You jump. At times when we have the energy, we leap in faith, just like we take that jump from a dive. Ever, ever done high diving? You just got to jump. You leap. And you do this over and over and over and over and over again. When I say rely on Christ, cling to Christ, pace for Christ, I'm talking about the mission. I'm talking about missions. I'm talking about living your life for the mission for the gospel. I know that we haven't done missions for a little bit. In the past, we've done missions every year. And with the pandemic and everything, I know that we had a little bit of being held back with the whole situation. But as a Christian man and woman of God, if we're not involved in missions, we will turn that energy into something else, into worldly things. Our goal right now in life is to spread the gospel, is to live for the gospel. And we continue this process of pacing over and over again, and we continue this until the moment we take our final breath. And it's a never-ending cycle. Does that mean that we can't go on vacations? Does that mean that we can't have hobbies, we can't have fun? Nope, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying our sole purpose, our main purpose, is to live for the gospel in the work and the mission that Christ called us to do. And how immediate? Very immediate. Right now. Right now, you need to make that decision. 
every single day. So again, point number one, get up. Recognize your hopelessness. Acknowledge your brokenness. Repent in your desperateness. Two, go. When we go, we rely on Christ, cling to Christ, pays for Christ. And lastly, point number three is stay. Stay, stay, stay. Can you please turn to our neighbor and say, stay. Now talk to them like a puppy. Stay. Stay, son, hand. Stay. Stay where? Stay how? Right where you are. There comes a season in life where we are called to go, and that's important. But there is also a flip side of that coin. Like I said, in the gospel, there's always a flip side. The other flip side of that is we stay and we remain faithful where Christ calls us to remain, right where we are. Let me go ahead and share our last passage of the story here in our main points found in Mark chapter 4 and it will go continue on in Mark chapter 5. And in the title of Mark chapter 4, it says, Jesus comes the storm. And in verse 35, it says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Again, the disciples are called to go. And I share this message a lot often. I don't think I've done it in the Philippines, but I've shared it in different, uh, I think more in South America. But when you go, we go as missionaries, but for them, they stay. They remain where they are. So we need both players here. Just like in football or any sports, you have the defensive team and then the other side. Right? You don't just play with no one. You need an opposition. You need two players to be in the game. So in this case, we see the first player, the first group of players, the disciples. They're called to go. Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were other boats with him. This place, this water that they're in, is the Sea of Galilee. Verse 37, a furious squall, meaning a storm, came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Verse 39, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Whenever there's a mission, as we've been in missions before, whenever there's a purpose and a call, there will always be opposition because there's an enemy out there who hates us and who desires to destroy the mission, the calling that God has called us in our life. Listen to me carefully. 
There will always be storms in life as a Christian. There will always be opposition. And here the disciples, they face not just any regular opposition, but they face a storm, a wave that is breaking over the boat, nearly swamping them. But we see Jesus in the boat with us, meaning in our life, when there are storms and when there's difficulty, he is right there sleeping on a cushion, by the way, that detail, that is very cute. He's sleeping on a cushion, he's relaxed, and he speaks to the storm like a person. Quiet, be still. And even the wind and the waves and everything obeys him, which shows his authority, his domain, who he is. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He was there in the creation of the world. When God created the world, he had ordained Jesus Christ was right there. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? So we understand the context of chapter 4. And now let's go to chapter 5, chapter 2 of the story. Chapter 1, chapter 2, and I'm closing with this. Mark 5, 1 through 20, and the title says, The Healing of a Demon-Possessed Man. So why did they go? What was the reason for this? They're in this boat. They're in the Sea of Galilee. They're going to this other side. The disciples are scared. It says they were terrified. Where are we going, Jesus? And Jesus is very clear. To share the gospel, to share the good news of the hope that you received, share that message of hope to those who need to hear it. And the title says, The Healing of a demon-possessed man. That person, that man who is filled with this demon, it represents the world, it represents us, pre-Christian era. The Christian life. Before you met Christ, I too was this individual, the demon-possessed man. Because I was out in the world, lost as an orphan, no father to protect me, from the hardships of the enemy, out and lost, or maybe we're like the prodigal son. We chose to be rebellious and we ran away. Now we feel guilty. We feel hopeless beyond hopelessness. And we think that we are far beyond his grace and his reach of rescue. But I'm here to remind you here today that Jesus, he has a mission to rescue those who are broken and hopeless and without a father. The healing of a demon-possessed man. Verse 1. They, Jesus and the disciples, they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes or Gerasenes. When Jesus got up of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often been chained hand and foot. But he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. 
night and day among the tombs and in the hills. He will cry out and cut himself with stones. How many people out there in the world right now, even on the road, those who are driving, we see people out in the street, out and about, outside, they're smiling. But at nighttime, they're crying out for a rescue, for the truth and the meaning of life. Why am I here? What is my purpose in living here? Why? He would cry out day and night, and no one knew what to do with him. All they could do was chain him up. Verse 6, when he saw Jesus from a distance, this demon-possessed man, he ran. He runs. He walks to Jesus and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus has said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? He responds with, My name is Legion. He replied, For we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd of about 2,000 in number rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Imagine 2,000 number of pork just going into the water. What an image. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. A side note here, the disciples are Jews. Jews don't associate with pigs. So we see that this is an area that the disciples are not familiar with. This is an area where they do not want to be. Meaning Jesus goes where nobody wants to go. Jesus goes and reaches to the dark places in our lives. When I was lost and hopeless, when no one could come and rescue me, he comes to where I am to rescue me, to see me for that one man for that one individual. And I am that one man, that one woman. Verse 15, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began. They're not celebrating here. They're afraid. They're angry. They just lost their source of income. The pigs, 2,000 of them. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Get out. And Jesus said, okay, peacefully. For he is not a violent individual. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man, 
And I am that man, and you are that man. The man, he doesn't even have a name, who had been demon-possessed, begged. You ever beg for something in life? Do you know that feeling of begging? Begging Jesus to what? To go with him. To go. And here's the amazing part in the story. Verse 19. Jesus did not let him. But said, go, yes, but in a different go. Go where? Go home. To your family. In other words, stay. And tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And how he has had mercy on you. It's not just about going and staying. What is the goal? Tell them. Tell them the testimony of the gospel. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And how he has had mercy on you. Verse 20. He doesn't argue against Jesus. He accepts it humbly. And so, so the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people, all the people were amazed. Later on, we see the feeding of the thousands. And in this region of Gerasenes, Decapolis, the non-Jew area, we see the multitude coming to hear the gospel. And I believe it's because of this man's testimony of sharing the gospel in that region. People seeing and witnessing this miracle. There comes a time in life where we're called to stay like this demon-possessed man. But in your staying, are you being faithful? Are you living for the gospel? Letter A, do you know the gospel? Letter B, do you preach the gospel? Letter C, do you live the gospel? For that is who I am, a man saved by grace. A man who was once lost in darkness, and he came to rescue me, and to save me so that I can have life, and life to the full in him, in Christ. All other fluff in churches, activities, concerts, music that we hold is not the gospel where we use carnal methods to invite carnal individuals. For that is not what's going to hold them. For what's going to hold them is the truth of the gospel, the message of the gospel. It is only the gospel, when I say the gospel, I'm talking about the good news of Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross, that his blood that was shed for me, the blood that washes away my shame, my sin, all my debt has been paid for is to know his death, his life, his resurrection. 
Do you know his death? And do you know his resurrection? The gospel. The gospel. He's alive. He's alive. My God is alive. He is not a dead God. He is alive. He has rescued me and he has saved me. Because he's alive, I'm alive. I was dead out. For no one could rescue me. But now I am alive. Because he came to the other side for me. There are some individuals who are called to go. Are you faithful in your going? And there are some individuals who are called to stay. Again, we are all called to go and stay. But are you staying well? Are you in a position where you know the gospel? Where you're preaching the gospel? And you're living for the gospel? May you overcome with the word of God, with the gospel, and with your testimony that is found in Christ. And may your life continue to be in him and to be used as his instrument. Revelation 12, 11 says, they triumphed. It's talking about the church. It's talking about the Christian men and women of God. They, the Christian men and women of God, they triumphed, meaning they defeated, they conquered, they overcame over him. Who is him? It's talking about the devil saying himself, they overcame him by the two things. Number one, by the blood of the Lamb, meaning the cross, the gospel. And number two, and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. And when we hear the word testimony, I think a lot of people, a lot of churches, they have this wrong. A testimony is not a sappy story of your past. Woe to me of the hardships that I face, even though that's part of it. It's just being truthful of your story. It's not just a story of how difficult life was pre-Christ. For it must be centered around the gospel. Just like you don't give diamond to the herd of pigs. You don't give your story, your priceless, precious story of the gospel, the testimony of your life to anybody. Because if you give without thought and with wisdom, with the gospel being the center, people will hear your story and you become the star of that story. And a lot of times people will hear your story and they will gossip. And I've seen this happen over and over again. People, they gossip about you and your family. What is use to give glory, just like the story that we just read here in Mark 5. But people were not happy when they saw the testimony of this man. They were angry. So be careful how you share your testimony. Your story. Your testimony must be centered around the gospel. For whether you grow up poor, rich, or as an orphan, or as an only child, it does not matter. For in the end, we are all the same. 
no matter what ethnic background we come from, what culture we're from, what nationality we are, creed or color, no matter. For in the end, we all bleed red and ashes to ashes, dust to dust. In the end, we go back to ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Meaning death is the greatest equalizer of all. It doesn't matter whether you can jump high like LeBron or you could jump high as Ronnie. In the end, we stand at the mercy of God. Life and death, birth and death is what unites people. That's why when there's a birth, we celebrate, people gather. In death, people come together and they unite. We mourn the death of our loved ones and rejoice in the birth of a loved one. Therefore, may we get up here today. May we walk. Walk how? Number one, can we turn to our neighbor and say, get up. Recognize your hopelessness. Acknowledge your brokenness. Repent in your desperateness. And number two, go. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, go? And then you say, go where? How do we go? Letter A, relying on Christ. B, clinging to Christ. C, pacing for Christ. And lastly, three, stay. By knowing the gospel, preaching the gospel, and living the gospel. Amen and amen. Be strong. Be strong. Life is up and down. You're not a product of the season that you're in. Know who your God is. Overcome him. Overcome the devil. Overcome the attacks and the opposition. Through how? Let's all read together. Ready? Revelation 12, 11. Ready? One, two, three. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Amen and amen. Walk well. Walk well. Walk in him. Walk in the Lord. I want to encourage you this week, when you guys can, to turn to Ephesians 6. It's a scripture that I shared last week. But it's the full armor of God. And may that be resonated in your heart. May you put on the full armor of God and fight this fight well. Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. I'll be praying for you guys. Be strong in the Lord. And may we continue fighting the good fight. Be beautiful and stubborn. And sometimes, at times, annoying men and women of God. This profession as a pastor is definitely a frustrating profession. But I will not give up on you. So don't give up on yourself. There is always hope. 
in Jesus Christ. Always move forward. You're going to fall, fall forward. Sometimes you fall backwards, it's okay. You move forward, like parallel parking. You have to sometimes go back in order, I mean, you have to always go back in order for you to fit in the spot. Not Ronnie's car, because his car is so cool, he could park anywhere. Handicap, wherever he wants, it doesn't matter. Even in the middle of the street, it doesn't matter. In the middle of the highway. <laughs> but may we push forward, amen? Push forward, push forward, push forward. Walk, walk, and walk. With that, let me close us in a word of prayer, and I would like to invite the praise team while I pray to please come up to get ready to sing our last and closing song. Let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, today, immediately, right now, we choose to walk strong in you and in your mighty power. We choose today to put on the former of God to take our stand against the devil's schemes. We understand that our struggle and our fight is not against the flesh and blood, but it's against the principalities, the authorities, and the rulers of this dark world. It is a spiritual battle, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, in the spiritual sense, we put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, I will make my stand. I will stand my ground. And then after everything I have done to stand, I will stand firm even then, even more, with the belt of buckle of truth wrapped around my waist, with the breastplate of righteousness on my chest in place, with my feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And I will take up the shield of faith to extinguish all the flaming arrows from the devil and take and put on the helmet of salvation and wield the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Lord, we pray in spirit in all occasions. We will stay alert. We'll continue praying. And may we continue to do it fearlessly with passion and with zeal. Lord, we give you all the glory and all the honor. Strengthen us this very morning. Lord, we are in need of your touch. Speak to us, God, for we are here to listen. Not just to hear, but to listen. Let it trickle down into our heart as we sit and listen and are healed. We in turn, we get up, we go, and we stay for the gospel. We fight for the gospel, and we live for the gospel. For the gospel is me, is my life, is my breath, is my everything. Jesus, you're my all in all, and no one else can compare to who you are. We give you all the glory and all the honor. And when you're ready, join us as we sing verse 1 of this song. What gift of grace is Jesus, my Redeemer?
Heavenly Father, just like the story of Mark 4 and Mark 5, the story of the disciples going on a mission to save the lost and to seek those who are lost. For God, you have taught them what it means to go, to go and to live this life with a mission, to know the gospel and to share the gospel and to preach the gospel. I pray, God, that when there are oppositions, that we will learn quickly, not emotionally, but quickly, knowing the truth that Jesus, you are alive and you are right there with us to be with us in our opposition. In the midst of the storm, you're right there in our boat sleeping and you will command the storms in our lives to be quiet and to be still. And when you ask the question, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? When we answer, I am not, Lord, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And may we stay and be faithful and remain in the places where you have called us to be, just like in Mark 5. As this man, he pleaded, he begged Jesus to go with him. He taught him, no, to go home, and to tell your family all that the Lord has done for you. Tell them how much the Lord has had mercy on you. So God, in turn, with this life that you have saved, with this life that you have given me, this new hope, I in turn run to you, God, with the gospel, with the truth, and I in turn will share what you have given me to the world. Not through I, not through my strength, but through Christ who lives in me. The chains are broken. It is now or never. The time is now, men and women of God. Immediately come down from your arrogance and pride. Get up in your hopelessness and in your brokenness. The time is now. Pray all these things. Precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. Amen. And amen. Can we all stand to our feet and let's sing our last closing song together. May we declare boldly and with confidence. Let us sing together.
pray together. May the Lord bless you, and may the Lord turn his face towards you to give you peace. And may the Lord continue to place within you a spirit of steadfastness in continuing this good fight. And now, may the God of peace, the author and the perfecter of our faith, may he continue to guide you and lead you every step along the way in this one life that you have. And may you continue to be faithful, to be a faithful Christian man and woman of God in such a changing generation. May you be steadfast in all that you do. May you work and walk in him faithfully in his grace and his mercy forevermore. And as God's people, we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen.